Welcome to the second episode of Back to School with PC. On today's episode, we discuss goals and how powerful goal setting could be in living a fulfilled life. Have you ever wondered why we set goals? Where have these evolved from? There are hints that Aristotle had a few things to say about setting goals, but can you believe it that formal goal setting theories are only a 20th century creation? Today goal setting is so mainstream that a kid who is 6 years old is regularly asked what he wants to be when he grows up. And it seems to be perfectly normal for the kid to know the answer to it as well. This trend continues through adulthood and is one of the foremost questions that we tend to ponder on. The idea of a single end goal has been a source of purpose and has resulted in people choosing to pursue a lifelong career. I'm not sure if there's enough merit to that. Quoting the lead protagonist from the 2007 movie Into the Wild, careers are a 20th century construct. With the rate of change that we see today and are experiencing this decade, having a lifelong career or a long-term goal might not hold. Maybe there is more merit in setting a series of short-term goals and like Steve Jobs said, maybe the dots only connect backwards on this note let me introduce the guest for today's show diego landa who is currently stationed in mexico diego has been a modern day adventurer in the truest sense someone who has seen the world from mexico city to pyongyang from marrakesh to komodo islands from the deserts of rajasthan to the jungles of amazon and i can only go on he is one of the coolest people i met at inciad while i have learned tons observing him from close quarters one thing that stands out has been his ability to achieve so many incredible things in different fields for today's show i felt there would be no better guest than diego to talk about goals because of his long history of competing in extremely brutal endurance races which range from the ironman the ocean man to long distance running and cycling goals that are extremely difficult to accomplish from the onset through this chat i'd like to pick diego's approach on how he sets goals for himself and how how he goes about achieving them hola diego bienvenido al show amigo hope that sounds right Luckily that's all the spanish i'd be speaking on the show. So Diego how how have you been my friend? The last few instagram posts on your handle show you fixing surfboards, clicking comets in the sky and spotting whales in the ocean. Are you still at it? What's the update on your side? Hey Brack, how are you? I'm very well. Locked up in in Acapulco, which is a in the Pacific coast of Mexico. So those are just the few moments that I show on Instagram. But I've been by the beach for 4 months now. I've traveled a couple of weeks to see whales and dolphins and surf. But mostly I've spent my my quarantine in by the beach. I got a forced vacation given the COVID situation. So I've like I've been enjoying it 
quite a, quite a bit. I decided to to buy a surfboard, you know, since I was going to be here stuck, I don't know for how long. Kind of immersed myself in a known in my own surf camp. You know, surfing every morning a few hours and reading, doing some admin admin work here and there, but you know, mostly doing my own thing. I read a, a lot of books, had some time for myself that I wanted to have before, but I either went on another trip or started something new or started working. And now like life forced me to have this time for myself, you know, in one place, surfing, reading, relaxing. I think 2020 has been like that, right? Like for a lot of us, it's been the year of reflection, how older, younger we've been. It's a great way to look back, recalibrate how we are going to live life. So just like a timeout and a sport, it's actually been good in this aspect. Definitely it's interrupted life and uh, caused a lot of pains for a lot of people. But I think on the flip side, this has been the only saving grace of what 2020 has been. It's true that for some of us that you can say you take that from 2020 and it could be a good year. Some people might be having a rough time or a very rough time. So hard to say for me personally, you know, I, the situation was very favorable, but I've, I don't know from what I've had, I've, I think I've had a lot of good moments. I'm enjoying it a lot. Well, at the same time, I could be stressing out because of the job, right? So it's also has to do with the perspective that you take out of it, which is kind of what you're saying, right? Like you said, it's about making the best of what life offers you. So that's great to hear. So let's jump into your uh, school days. Can you give us a picture of how it was growing up in Mexico? How was young Diego? I was born and raised in, in Mexico City, which is similar to a, a big city in, in India. You know, it's 20 million people, a lot of traffic, a lot of pollution a lot of street food, it's kind of, it goes fast. I went to study to Montreal for one year. It was the first home away experience, you know, by myself in the world. I don't know, without my parents' safety net, you know, to protect me. I missed Mexico at the beginning. And then I realized how there's so many different worlds out there that you've never thought about them. And maybe you have traveled to them, but to actually live there, you know? I'm sure this has played a really big part in, in your formative years. And uh, thinking about a kid who's gone abroad at the age of 15, 16 to spend one year by themselves, it would have added so much to your character and helped you look at life very differently. When I went to Canada, it was in French and I didn't know French, you know, it was like the, my first encounter with French language and the school was in French. So I had, you know, to toughen up, you feel very alone and you don't know the language and then you learn it, you learn it and you turn the experience around and it ends, it ends up being an amazing experience, even when it seemed that it was going to be like super tough, you know? I mean, you don't even speak the language. After I came back, you know, I also realized that, man, there's like nothing you can't handle when you leave your hometown or, or the, the place where you've lived your whole life or where you feel like, like your comfort zone, that you can create a comfort zone anywhere. Was it hard for you to accept that? being in your comfort zone is where you wanted to be or 
you were okay going out of your comfort zone because you could sense that growth was that wisdom always a part of you growing up or this is something you learned much later in your life i think i might ha- might have understood it late- later in my life and i also think that it shaped how i turned out to be subconsciously maybe i knew that i wanted more of that until i was way older did i realize that it was those experiences that made me realize of the the potential that you have to overcome challenges is going to be fine you know you can work through anything true i mean knowing you i know that's been how you've lived your life every time there's a challenge in front of you you've seen it as an opportunity rather than a hurdle i guess this has been a very important experience in your life yeah and that was the first one and i do know that there is an entrepreneurial bug inside you and we did speak about an incident around entrepreneurship when you were young so can you talk a little more about it yeah so i i had a couple of i don't know if entre- entrepreneurship experiences or a younger kids jobs the first one was i might have been 12 and my grandmother called me and told me that one of the biggest newspapers in mexico had a like a summer job for younger people which was selling subscriptions to the to the newspaper and that I should check it out so i did it turned out that you could get a adult trip to europe and i was 12 years old like had i had never been to europe and quite an incentive so i ended up i subscribed myself to the contest and i ended up winning that the double trip to to europe it was me and my sister she was maybe 11 she's one year younger than me and in the end i did a trip with my whole family it was six of us so that was like a pretty sweet and then the next year same thing the whole summer i was selling subscriptions there was like the same program and now it was a a triple trip to to disneyland in florida again we we, we did it and we got it me and my three sisters we went to to disneyland for i don't know if it, if it was one week or two weeks but yes that's like one of those moments where you realize that you can actually make things happen even if you're 12 years old right but you know you're the sum of your experiences that was one of those that also like shaped me in a way even if i didn't realize that that time i know it shaped me to also pursue small goals that this was like a two month job and then i got a trip to europe you know like the reward was was amazing I think that was like the first time I saw the the possibilities of achieving something by yourself like other than school grades or playing games with your with a sports team you know actually achieving something for yourself every 12 year old teenager that's listening to the podcast would be envious of the fact that you got to earn your own trip to Disneyland in Europe kudos to you for that yeah thank you let's get to the topic of the day which is around goals did you have one goal growing up did you want to be like a doctor or an engineer or a banker or you never really had a goal and you were just going with the flow i think i wanted to be a lawyer because i have an uncle who's a lawyer who makes a lot of money uh-huh. and that was the a perception that i had i don't know when i was 8 years old 10 years old i lost that uh, along the way 
And then I don't know if I ever had a specific goal. One thing has led to the other. And I don't know if I need a, a long-term goal. Kind of a realization that I've had through the process, which is I've been fine the way I've been doing throughout my life without having that specific life goal. That's a very interesting outlook. If I tie it back to the things that I know you do, why have you gone about pursuing so many different things? What is it that you think you achieve by doing different things rather than choosing one thing and doing it really, really well? The truth is that that's how I am. I like to do different things. And at the same time, many things, you know, have synergies with other, with other things. For example, any type of sports that you practice will help you practice another type of sports. So I try to pick activities that feed my brain and my spirit and my body. And music might be, you know, for the creative side and for my own peace of mind and enjoyment. And sports and competitions can be to stay healthy, stay in shape, and at the same time enjoy them. Again, surfing or biking, you know, like going on a road trip are kind of hobbies that at the same time give me something else. And if you take, for example, small objectives and like many things, but smaller, smaller ones. When I was in university, I decided to try a triathlon. So a triathlon is swimming, biking, and running. The smallest one, the, the one that you, start, that you start with is 750 meters swimming. 40 kilometers biking and five kilometers running. It increases depending on the, on, the, on the competition. The smallest one, it's like kind of doing those three sports and in total you do one hour and a half, two hours. And then you can go up all the way to an Ironman, which can be from eight hours, the best in the world, to 17 hours. You can go like from the shortest to the toughest one. And what's the toughest that you've done? It was a 370-kilometer bike race in one day. That's the longest one. Some are very tough, but they're very short and long resistance. So again, coming back, if I have to even talk about the example of being a triathlete, this is not a simple goal. It's, it's something that you've set, and it's not very basic there is still a lot of effort that goes in but like you said the reward is a little faster than a lifetime when you start picking up a lot of these different passions how do you strike a balance between pursuing the same thing and going deeper and moving on to something new let me give you an example using the triathlon as a sport imagine parallel pcs okay and one decides to start with one print triathlon and the other one sets the goal at an Ironman in two years. The first one does a sprint, likes it. You know, he trains for three months, does 5K running, swims a bit, bikes a bit, and achieves it. And he's super happy with what he did. The other Prakash that decided to do the, the Ironman, he just trains a bit and gets fitter. But he hasn't really gotten a, a victory or a successful object. So one, nothing, and one has a sprint. And then the sprint comes, he decides to do a, an Olympic marathon, which is twice the, the distance. But he's, you know, he's already prepared, so it's, for him it's a short-term goal as well. And he goes and he does it. 
And the other one, he just he just gotten fitter and he's healthier and he can take longer distances, but hasn't really had any a victory. And they both go doing that, you know, in parallel. This one starts little by little with small objectives, but a lot of victories. The other Prakash number two, he just trains more, you know, and it's just part of the process to achieve that long-term goal. The one that's doing short-term goals, all of a sudden decides to stop and do something else. He can easily do it. He had his run. He liked it. He's happy about the victories, that the successes that he had and that he completed those tests and moves on. The other one, either he's stuck with that goal or if something happens, you know, like you break a knee, anything that impedes him from doing what he, what the, the Ironman, it's just a big frustration. All of those, that time invested and it depends on the perspective. He could be positive as well. But what I'm trying to say is that one has had like a lot of wins and the other one didn't really. But in the end, they can both make it to the Ironman. Just one did it with a lot of wins along the, along the way. And the other, one, the other one just invested a lot of time in that goal. And I think there's many types of people, you know. I'd rather go through the short-term objectives, and then you can always pivot, you know. So you're, if you're doing that small goals, sprints, triathlon, Olympic triathlon, Ironman 7.3, and if you decide to move and start surfing, you're in great shape to do it. So you can pivot, and you had your run in the triathlon world, and then you're doing, you're focusing your energy in something else. So that's that's kind of how I've done it, you know, sports-wise and academic-wise, work-wise. I mean, that's a great metaphor that you've mentioned about how someone can actually achieve something as becoming an Ironman triathlete by breaking the big goal into a series of small goals. And there is so much merit in that approach because... Prak, but... Sorry, sorry to interrupt. My way of seeing it is not break the bigger objective in the set of smaller goals. Just have small... You could do both, but just have small goals and then you, after each goal, you decide where to take it next. Now I see what you're trying to say. Uh, the idea is instead of having that one daunting goal and uh, not knowing whether you'll enjoy it or not, you're just trying to test it out, go to a certain level, achieve something, see if you like it, and then you end up pursuing it further. Would that be fair to say? Yes. The reason is that you actually never know what's going to happen next. You know, like there, it's, there's this x factor in life that all of a sudden you pivot and you're going completely the other way if you have the expectation of one place and you end up in the in the other one it just makes it heavier to take than if you if you're ready for the next one to be a different one you know like just enjoy that one what i see from your approach is in a way you've tried to account for uncertainty whether it's in life or whether it's in you pursuing your hobbies by not thinking way too much ahead. With a small goal, you achieve it. And then you see if that's something that you want to pursue and if there's some sort of uncertainty that comes in and you realize that this is not what you want to do, you move on to something that motivates you or that keeps you excited. So that's a great way of looking at life. I mean, I'm totally sold on short-term goals against long-term goals after this conversation. If 
I wasn't before. <laughs> and again, like they say, right? It's a cliched saying, but life is the journey and not the destination. Definitely. But, but rewards or uh, achieving goals definitely do help us. Hence, multiple goals might be a good way to rake in more rewards and live a more fulfilled life. I really like the metaphor that you gave me around training for a triathlon and you, the two examples around one person who does a lot more short term goals again someone has a much more longer term outlook can you in a way list down the advantages that someone who has a lot more short term goals would have okay so coming back to the metaphor let's start with long term path which is the ironman this is a person who will be, he set a very long-term goal, which is pretty hard to achieve. So once you decide to embark on that path, you, you're like pretty heavily invested. You know, you bought a bike, you bought the competition, pay the competition fee. You're like heavily invested emotionally, very hard to pivot. You know, if at the beginning you decide that you don't like it, it's very hard to you to call the decision off and just go through a different path because you know all this sunk cost that you've invested in the in the decision at the same time it's very hard to realize all the victories that you have you know yes you increase your resistance and your stamina and you're training a lot but it's hard to see like the benefits you started training you're doing a lot of training and it's pretty tiring it's very hard to picture yourself getting closer and closer to that goal, which is very far away. Mm -hmm. So by the time that I decided to do the Ironman, I already had a lot of victories along the path. If I didn't like it, it would be very easy to pivot and decide to do a different sport, which I could apply all the benefits that I developed during the training, like physical resistance. But it wouldn't have been a failure not to do the Ironman, you know? I got to the same place as if I would have decided to do an Ironman. Along the path, I gained a lot of learning, victories, at least I had five, six victories in my pocket, mm -hmm. which if I didn't do the Ironman, it wouldn't have been a big failure. Whereas if I would have decided from the, from the scratch to do the Ironman, the sprint and the Olympic and the half Ironman would have been just means to an end. They wouldn't have been victories by themselves. You know, that's kind of the difference between the short term and the long term. You know, in the short term, you have a lot of victories. It's easier to pivot. There's not a lot of sunk cost. So you're like very versatile. You're learning the same things, but it's easier to appreciate them. I really like that aspect wherein you mentioned about if you have a short-term goal, they end up being uh, victories, a series of victories, rather than a means to the end. And that definitely would help a person if he's applying a similar uh, ideology in achieving not just the triathlon, but other things. I'm sure it would uh, really help him mentally be on track. Whenever you set yourself to get an objective, you have to do it to your best, right? Like either if it's a long-term goal or a short-term one, it's I'm going to learn the most that I can from this, from this path and this challenge. And I'm going to enjoy it while I do it. So if you decide to change at a certain point, you already took as much as you could and you enjoyed it as much as you could rather than just pick a small, a small goal or any goal and just like to spend your time. Any goal has to come with an objective and a sense of awareness of what you're achieving while you do it. Because you can also 
do the short-term path, but don't really pay attention to what you're doing, not appreciating the victories, doing it to spend your time. It has to come with like certain thirst to learn, certain thirst to challenge yourself, to, to become better. True, because you're looking at something a little more short-term, the cost of failure is very low. You know that if you don't like it, then you might switch to something else. In a way, your life is not dependent on it. Against you having a long-term goal of maybe two years and you want to go ahead and like say that you want to be an Ironman in two years and if you're on that path and you don't achieve it, the cost is so much more higher. Your approach seems a lot similar to how a startup should function. Like a lot of quick wins, a lot of pivoting, a lot of decisions which have very less uh, implications for failure. So I think that's a very smart approach that can be applied not just to being a triathlete, but to everything else that you do in life. Yes, I think, I think it keeps you lighter. Instead of feeling heavy because of all the sunk costs, as you say, it's not only for a triathlon or for a startup. I also believe this for relationships. You know, if you're thinking about, am I going to marry this girl? It's very long term and it only gives you worries. You know, I should have more money. I should be ready for the wedding. I should, things that come to your mind that don't actually make sense. They're just uh, imaginations. Instead of I'm enjoying what, what I have right now and I'm going to keep on enjoying it and do my best while I'm at it. If in two years we decide to get married, then I'll think about what I need to do to get married and then I'll worry. Instead of carrying all this worrying all along the way, you know? True. I think the audience is not just getting advice on goal setting, but also on relationships. And uh, <laughs> I guess on that note, we can call it a day. It was a brilliant conversation for me, Diego. Thanks a lot for you, doing this. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And hopefully everyone who's tuned in would have a lot of takeaways. I know what mine are. It's around uh, setting smaller goals because they are much more feasible and easier to achieve. And I think a lot more sustainable. So thanks a lot again, Diego, for this. Thank you, Prakash. It was a, it was a pleasure and very interesting conversation.